Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Here we go. So grateful. So grateful for the infinite love. Oh my goodness. Let's dive right in here and begin with a prayer and a blessing. So grateful to place my hand on my heart. So grateful that there is an infinite supply of love and peace and joy and harmony. And we're it. (laughs) We're part of that infinite supply. We're tuned in. We're tapped in. Taking that breath of love and gratitude, we partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self so that we hear, we know, we feel, we listen, we recognize, we recognize the infinite intelligence that is our one mind. We are grateful. So grateful to surrender any sense of lack, any sense of limitation, any sense that something is missing, nothing is missing. We are in tune with the infinite. We are profoundly loved. We are already perfect. We are already free, already as holy as holy can be. And so we are willing to let this be known. We're surrendering all the blocks to love. Whatever they are, whether we know what they are or not, we're surrendering them. We make a holy offering of them, and we choose to liberate. We are grateful to share the benefits with our brothers and sisters because we're one with them eternally. In gratitude, we let the healing be. We know it's done. By God, so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, I'm pumped. I'm totally pumped. (laughs) I am pumped. And here's one of the reasons why I'm pumped, because I've been spending the last four days with folks who are in my Stop Playing Small retreat. And it's so powerful. Plus, last night I was doing one of my prayer power classes. And I am so grateful that I have done the work and I continue to do the work to clear my mind of the mental trash, to clear my heart of the emotional clutter that was keeping me playing small and believing in lack. And I'm so grateful that I get to do this work every day. I get to clear out more and clear out more and experience more and more of my true identity, more and more of the perfect love of God in and through everyone in my life, in my experience, that more and more I have clarity about the nature of the universe and the perfection that is omnipresent and omnipotent. And I'm so grateful for that. And as I was preparing to broadcast here, I was thinking about how uh, people 
sometimes write to me, for which I'm very grateful, or they write testimonials at iTunes and different places where the podcast is broadcast. And uh, I'm so grateful for that because, uh, you know, on a practical level, the, the more people that write reviews, the more the podcast platforms will show it to people. The more you follow it at a podcast platform, the, the more uh, that podcast platform will see that it has value for people. So thank you to all the people who have written reviews. I really appreciate it very, very much. And for the people who have written to me personally about how meaningful what I share is, thank you very much for that. But most importantly, thank you to everyone who is changing their life because of these teachings of A Course in Miracles when they are applied and we actually walk the talk, live the love, truly living A Course in Miracles. It is a fact that everyone is lifted and shifted. It is a fact that the people around us receive tremendous benefit And there are so many people in this world who are lost and struggling and feel left out, feel like it won't ever work for them. That's how I felt. That is precisely how I felt. I thought over and over and over again, I had the thought, this works for other people, but for some reason it doesn't work for me. And as soon as I was really willing to let go of that belief, that thought, and surrender it to the Holy Spirit for healing... Then I saw, oh, it can work for me. I just needed to stop thinking that it does work for me. And I also needed to stop looking for something outside me. And one of the beautiful things about A Course in Miracles is I found the magnificence of this teaching in my heart. I realized it's already written in my heart. It's already there in my mind. And I can look for it there. I do not have to look outside myself. I don't have to go find some great teacher. Now, I've said many times that I was super inspired by Gary Renard's book, Disappearance of the Universe, which I highly recommend for anyone who hasn't read it, anyone who's really interested in understanding A Course in Miracles. I think it's a fantastic book. It so inspired me. And Gary's life inspired me. What he wrote about and talked about in that book inspired me. And I love him dearly for that and for his sweet presence. So what I am am feeling to share here is how important it is that each one of us activate to be willing to truly apply these principles and to give it our best shot. To me, there's nothing more important in this world than remembering our true identity Because anyone who remembers the Christ within is going to lift every person on this planet. Anyone who fully 
recognizes, recognizes that Christ light within them, or even is beginning to, is going to help liberate everyone around them. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so we are on a mission from God and everything we need is within us. And so much will be provided when we just say yes. So that's why I say start with yes. Begin with yes. A big yes for spirit. All right. (laughs) So today we are talking about the state of grace. Living in a state of grace. And how wonderful it is that there is a section about this very thing in chapter 7. It's section 11. 711, (laughs) the state of grace. And Jesus begins by saying to us, The Holy Spirit will always guide you truly, because your joy is His. This is His will for everyone, because He speaks for the kingdom of God, which is joy. One of the great things about A Course in Miracles teachings is Jesus is leading us to find joy over and over and over again, and to recognize that when we're willing to give up our thoughts and beliefs, we can experience the joy of God. When we're willing to give up the thoughts and beliefs that cause our pain and suffering, we can stop learning through pain and suffering, and we can learn through joy. And That's what I'm interested in. I notice that uh, over the last 15 years or so, in so many ways, my life has gotten easier, even though it's, I've gone through some of the most difficult things in my life. My life still feels easier. It feels more peaceful. And it feels more peaceful and harmonious all the time. Why? Because I'm letting go of the thoughts and beliefs that disturb my peace and harmony. And I see the same thing happening for so many people around me. It is so wonderful to watch them catch fire with liberation and to be offering so much benefit to their loved ones, to their children and grandchildren and their spouses and their friends and their workplace and all around them. Things are becoming ignited with more peace, more love, more joy. That is being truly helpful. Yes. So Jesus goes on and he says, following the Holy Spirit is therefore the easiest thing in the world. And the only thing that is easy because it is not of the world. It is therefore natural. The world goes against your nature, being out of accord with God's laws. The world perceives orders of difficulty in everything. This is because the ego perceives nothing as wholly desirable. Isn't that the truth? The ego perceives nothing as completely valuable, desirable, worth having. The ego always has complaints and criticisms and disappointments. 
I know for me, one of the strongest patterns in my mind has been the pattern of complaining and finding criticism, judgments, complaints about everything in my life. I uh, Back in my 20s, I used to go to intuitives to try and help me get a clue, to get a clue and to help me validate my own intuition. And one intuitive said to me about how judgmental I was. She said, well, you, you had a past life where you were, literally were a judge. So judging comes very, very naturally to you. And, ah, uh, oh, I do not wish to judge anymore. I truly am interested in leaving all of that out and to judge with righteous judgment, which is clear discernment, clear knowing, and no opinions whatsoever. So that's the path I'm on. It goes on here, by demonstrating to yourself there is no order of difficulty in miracles, you will convince yourself that in your natural state there is no difficulty at all because it is a state of grace. So we can live in this state of grace. And what it takes is to be a follower, to be a follower of what I call the higher Holy Spirit self. Because it is our higher wisdom. It is our higher self. It's not separate from us. There is no separation. So the Holy Spirit is not separate. That higher Holy Spirit self is the knower who knows. So often we can spin and toil and bum out and flail Because we're trying to figure things out. It is not worth doing. It is a fool's errand. We don't need to figure things out. We can live in this state of grace. So, are we willing to live our days by connecting with the Holy Spirit and saying, Okay, what next spirit? What now spirit? What am I to eat today? What am I to say today? What am I to do today? And are we willing to start living following that guidance? Can we give up the have to mentality? Can we give up that idea that we have to do this and we have to do that? We are slave drivers to ourselves, literally enslaving ourselves in our mind to a to-do list. I uh, was counseling someone once and uh, we were talking about, I've actually talked with many people about to-do lists for years now and I've invited them, and this might be helpful to you, to give up the to-do list. Because anyone I know who has talked to me about a to-do list, they feel there's a tyranny in the to-do list. There's this bullying sense that if they don't get these things done, 
they're not living their life properly. If they don't get these things done, they're not good enough to be loved, to be lovable. They're not worthy as people. But crossing everything off the to-do list only gives a very momentary sense of satisfaction if that ever even happens. Because most people add things as they cross them off. So the to-do list is never complete. And I had this realization back in my 20s. I was really quite miserable. And um, I realized that I had made this list of things in my mind that I had to do in order to be worthy of love. I had to be successful at 50 different things. I had to go to all kinds of countries and see all kinds of things as if any of that could improve my stature. But you see, when you feel fundamentally bad, as I did, then you'll, you're looking for anything outside yourself that you could add to your stature to make you worthwhile. And it's just an awful way to live. Oh my God, it was so misery-making for me. And I, I'm so glad that I finally realized that I had set myself up in a prison, in a system that I could never succeed at. Because no matter what I accomplished in the world, it was never enough, never enough to make me lovable and worthwhile. Now, I don't need to prove things to anyone. So my success as a spiritual teacher, as a leader, as a founder of the Power of Love Ministry, and the things that I do as my uh, passion and my vocation, my career. It's really about following Spirit's guidance. And so I'm not, it, while it seems like I'm the leader, sure, I'm the leader of the ministry, I'm the leader of the program, leader of the class, <laughs> leader of the pack, but I'm the follower. I am the follower. And what I've noticed in myself, and this is part of the state of grace, is there are things that I would like, for sure. There are things I'd like to accomplish. Like some friends of mine um, just bought a, a new car, like a fancy new Lexus. And... Uh, they're so excited about it. They just decided they were going to get a luxury vehicle. They'd never had a car like that before. And they decided, look, we can afford it. Uh, we, we're we going to do this. And um, it's a couple, and they share a car. They don't need two cars, so they share a car. So, um, and that's exciting. I, I would be, I, I bought a used car. Replacing my older car, my older used car. I've never bought a new car. It'd be nice to buy a new car, but do I care about it? I don't care about it. I don't. It'd be nice if somebody gave me a new car. That would be nice. But I, I just don't. I'm too practical. I don't think I would do that. 
nothing wrong with it, but on my budget, it wouldn't make sense. And I don't, I don't yearn for that. I, there are, uh, I, I would like to own my own home so that I could really decorate it and, and add on, a, I'd love to add on a, um, uh, a, a room that's a, uh, an all weather room that's glass that I could work in and have be my office and make it a, a green sanctuary inside with a fountain and things like that. But, you know, that's not happening now. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm deprived. I don't feel left out. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there are other things that I would like to have in this world. I look forward to getting a dog. I'd really like to train a dog to be a service dog and take it around to hospitals and nursing homes. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, and I, 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 that's on my agenda. I know it's going to take uh, quite a lot of attention. So perhaps later in the year, I'll have the time for that right now. I'm busy preparing my depression demolition program and working on that. And that's uh, a lot of extra work. And that is very fulfilling. So I'm getting to do what's most important to me. And things are not so important to me. Not that a dog is a thing, but um, it's about really we can get so much fulfillment and satisfaction from our connection with spirit that we become this fountain of truth and love and patience and kindness and generosity and sweetness and joy and freedom and harmony that we're spilling over. And being able to do that is living in a state of grace to me that I, I don't worry anymore how things are going to happen. So I have certain bills to pay that I'm like, hmm, I don't know where that money is going to come from. But it, somehow it will be resolved, so there's not one thing for me to worry about. That, to me, is living in a state of grace. Knowing that you have bills, knowing that uh, every day, I, I've never had a day when, when, in a long, long time when everything was done, my desk was cleared off. No, that because if, if that were true, I would immediately, uh, another floodgate of something for me to work on, I would be doing. So I, I live in this state of grace more and more because more and more I'm choosing to be peaceful. Sometimes I can be like a dog with a bone, with a complaint or a criticism, and then I can say to myself, Jennifer, let it go. Choose happiness. Choose, choose that state of grace. Let spirit handle everything. All your needs are met in God. So did that happen overnight? No, no. Believe me, many times of laying on the floor crying and feeling lost and bereft and confused and distressed, all of that. But I just kept reaching for God. God is my lifeline. And I also, I just kept laying on the altar, as I like to say, the complaints 
the pain and suffering. There is a better way and really listening to the Holy Spirit, dedicating myself to that listening is how I am getting there. So this is what Jesus is starting off with here. The Holy Spirit will always guide you truly because your joy is His. This is His will for everyone because He speaks for the kingdom of God, which is joy. Following the Holy Spirit is therefore the easiest thing in the world and the only thing that is easy because it's not of the world. Now, why doesn't it feel easy? Because we don't truly want the peace of God. That's what. That's it. Jesus says to us in A Course in Miracles, how can you say you want the peace of God, but you are not willing to employ the means necessary to get there, to experience it, to have it? The means necessary to experience the peace of God, that state of grace, is to put down the attack thoughts, to lay the weapons on the ground, to say, I'm not going to attack myself or anyone else anymore. And I know for me, I experienced so many times, I would just suddenly realize, oh my God, I've been stabbing myself. I've been stabbing somebody. Ah, the knife is in my hand. (gasps) Holy Spirit, take it from me once again. I picked it up again. I'm putting it back down again. Please take it from me. Grace is the natural state of every son of God. So, no no question about it. This is our natural state. Let's accept that. My natural state is grace. So, if I'm upset, I must be rejecting my natural state. Let me stop rejecting it. Holy Spirit, will you help me stop rejecting it? Thank you so much. Change the channel. Choose peace. Oh my goodness, here we are. It's the uh, time for a break here. And uh, again, I invite you, if you have a chance to write a review, thank you so much. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I'll be right back. Don't go away. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. And we're back. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) We are willing to live in a state of grace. As it says here, chapter 7, section 11, paragraph 2, grace is the natural state of every son of God. That's us. It's our natural state. When we're not in a natural state, or it says here, when he, the Son of God, is not in a state of grace, he is out of his natural environment and does not function well. Oh, isn't that the truth? Everything he does becomes a strain because he was not created for the environment that he has made. So everything, when things become a strain, it's because we we have created an environment, we have made an environment that we're not suited for. So that's where I learned 
and I'm still learning every day. Put spirit in charge, put spirit in charge, put spirit in charge of everything. Now, like everybody else, for a long time, I had the fear, gosh, if I put spirit in charge, I'm going to lead a horrible life. I'm going to eat a, uh, you have to eat horrible food, uh, nothing but, I don't know, celery. (laughs) And uh, I will not be able to eat things that I love. I'll have to give up ice cream. I'll have to give up all kinds of things. I'll have to give up alcohol. I'll have to give up enjoying sex. I'll have to give up watching television, going to the movies, dancing, all kinds of things. Well, of course, none of that is true. That is just ego BS. However, when we put spirit in charge, what I find is I enjoy everything so much more. So I, I'm mostly vegan now, but I'm not 100% vegan, but I'm mostly vegan. And I'm so happy that way. Oh my gosh, I enjoy so much more. Uh, how I feel in my body, how my body feels, and my energy levels are so much higher. Uh, and part of the reason my energy levels are so much higher is because I am not bringing myself down with the negativity. So more and more, I am living in this natural state of grace. So I I really don't drink alcohol very rarely now maybe once or twice a year. Um, and it's, I don't miss it at all. I don't, because when I used to drink alcohol, it was really to escape, it was to numb myself. Of that, there was no question. And yeah, you can be a social drinker and all that, but I find that I really so much prefer staying completely alert and not having that that dullness. I just prefer the aliveness, the alertness. It feels better to me. It's more enjoyable to me than the drinking of the beverages. Um, and I I do love uh, or really enjoy the a glass of red wine, or I love hard cider. I I love cider in any form. I just love cider. Apples, pears, good stuff. And uh yeah, it's it's interesting. I I didn't see that coming, but I really and uh sometimes I think, "Oh, I'd really like to have a beer." So I'll 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 get a six-pack of the the best non-alcoholic beer I can find. And I, I, you know, it's not the same. I recognize that. It's not even close to the same. But you know what? I don't feel deprived. And if I wanted to have uh, a really good beer on tap, I would. And once in a while, I do. But invariably, after that, I think, hmm, not worth it. The temporary enjoyment of that is not worth the temporary interruption of my feeling really more awake, more alive. I, I, I couldn't have imagined that I would be saying these things or thinking these things before it happened to me. So 
I can eat ice cream whenever I want without guilt. I don't feel that, but I just notice I don't I don't choose ice cream very rarely. And usually uh, once in a while I'll I'll have a real craving for that and I think I'll go and get some. I'll get some Ben and Jerry's. I like J- Jerry's Ben and Jerry's peanut butter cup ice cream. So uh so I don't deprive myself. I don't feel deprived. And that's the wonderful thing is that to me is the living in the natural state of grace that if I wish to have it, I'll have it. I'm not policing myself. I don't have to police my temptations. If I'd like to have something, I'll have it. And I, whatever that might be, if I'd like to, just lay on the sofa all day and watch movies, I'm going to do that. That's what I, I, I've i come to, is that I do not have an interest, and I don't really feel drawn to berating myself, telling myself I should do this, I should do that. All that self-judgment is really dissolving and resolving. And I am finding things that are hidden in my consciousness all the time. And it's the weeding of the garden. So when we're not in a state of grace, we're out of our natural environment and we don't function well. Well, I've certainly proved that to myself. (laughs) I was not happy. Everything he does becomes a strain because he was not created for the environment he has made. And that was me for sure. I was not created for an environment where I am motivating myself with judgment, with attack, berating myself. I am not created for that. I am not designed for that. It goes on, he therefore cannot adapt to it, nor can he adapt it to him. There is no point in trying. Well, geez, I wish I had known that. (laughs) A son of God is happy only when he knows he is with God. We're with God all the time. Jesus says, I'm with you always, always. And we cannot be alone. It's not possible. We can only believe we're alone or think we're alone. The Son of God is happy only when he knows he is with God. That is the only environment in which he will not experience strain, because that is where he belongs. It is also the only environment that is worthy of him, because his own worth is beyond anything he can make. This is why people who achieve great success financially, fame, talent. You know, we think of the Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, that kind of thing. They take their own life in the ways that they did through numbing themselves out because they're in the environment they made for themselves. There could be no happiness because they weren't with spirit 
They had edged God out. And they were so convinced that the world that they made was something that they needed. They needed the fame. They needed the insulation. They needed all that stuff. And we can get so attached to thinking that we need stuff in this world, that we need it. We need that house. We need that car. We need that job. We need the job to sustain the house and the car and the other things. But time after time, we've seen families lose everything and find themselves, find spirit. Because they had everything taken away from them, it became the best thing ever. And so... We don't want to have to have things ripped away from us. We don't wish to have our house burned down or flooded and things like that, to lose things in that way. But sometimes it's the best way. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. Boom. Now look for the light in this because it's always there. The light is within us, so we bring the light. Everywhere we go. Moving into this state of grace, it requires willingness, and willingness is the only requirement. And we can say to Spirit, I'm willing to live in a state of grace. I'm willing to discover what that's like. And I'm willing to give up the environment I made in order that I can live in an environment that supports me, really supports me, that delights me, that allows me to experience true joy, true freedom. Because the environment I have made does not give me that. And I am willing to begin again. That willingness to begin again. Right where we are. Doesn't mean we have to throw everything away. We begin again in our consciousness, and we can begin again every day, every day. So Jesus goes on here in paragraph three, consider the kingdom you have made and judge its worth fairly. Is it worthy to be a home for a child of God? Does it protect his peace and shine love upon him? Does it keep his heart untouched? by fear, and allow him to give always without any sense of loss? Ah, isn't that wonderful? Think on that. Feel that. Imagine yourself like this Niagara Falls of love, of prosperity, of harmony, of grace. That You're living in the Niagara Falls of goodness, and you're experiencing it to such a degree that you become it. You don't know where the Niagara Falls of goodness begins and ends, and you begin and you end because you're one with that Niagara Falls of goodness. And nothing would give you more joy 
than to give always without any sense of loss. So to have, give all to all, to give and give and give, to to give love, to give kindness, to give patience, to give support. You know, one of the great, great things in uh, that Spirit has done for me in my life has shown me the great joy in being a good, good receiver and a good good sharer. So I used to think, oh, um, you know, it's better to give than to receive. But everything comes from spirit and everything we give, we give to spirit. So it's really about being a really excellent receiver because the more we receive, the more we have to give. So I flipped that and spirit showed me that, hey, you're not a good receiver. You're giving and giving, but you're giving in order to get validation, that's not really giving. That's not giving from having. That's giving from lack. Stop that, Jennifer. So I took that lesson and I really have learned it. So now I, I really, my my joy is to be able to give wherever I feel called to give and to share and to share and to share. And I'm excited about it. <laughs> And what what we wonderfully do in our Masterful Living community is people have so much expansion, so much healing, so much transformation in the program that they naturally then want to turn it around. They, they naturally desire to turn it around and see where they can share it in their family. And I'm not talking about sharing spiritual principle. I'm talking about sharing compassion sharing kindness, sharing that generosity of heart, and to be able to extend it to people you don't know that you've never met who are showing up saying, I'd like, I'll have what she's having, <laughs> like in Harry Met Sally, and that we can be that place of infinite receiving, infinite givingness. Yes, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful too, and, and and one of the things I notice with the the folks in our programs is that the ones who do become facilitators, and the ones who do have the courage, the real courage, to say I'm gonna I'm gonna study spiritual counseling. I, I'm gonna study teaching. I, I'm I'm interested in this. I I I feel passion for it. And the ones who have the courage to follow that because they have to deal with their own self-judgment in order to move forward. And so that takes courage. And the ones who have that courage, oh, they grow so much faster. They let go of lack and limitation thinking so much faster. Because it's, uh, I, I will be taught, as Spirit teaches me, to, to sh- teach I will learn and grow and heal as I am taught and to teach others. It's to, to learn something really well, teach it. That's my philosophy. I have embraced that. That is my whole life. And that is why it is so happy-making for me to share with others. And I fully anticipate and expect that those around me will surpass me 
and be far more successful than me. Uh, and I hope for that. You know, let them let them do that, please. Please, that's wonderful. So then I've done my job, right? You get to be the stepping stone. It's wonderful. Ah, <laughs> oh, so happy making. So here we are. We're in paragraph three. Consider the kingdom you have made and judge its worth fairly. Is it worthy to be a home for a child of God? Does it protect his peace and shine love upon him? Does it keep his heart untouched by fear and allow him to give always without any sense of loss? Does it teach him that this giving is his joy and that God himself thanks him for his giving? That is the only environment in which you can be happy. Jesus says the greatest joy is to be of service. To minister in the love of Christ. This is the greatest joy. And I can attest to that. I just can't imagine anything that could make me happier, truly. Like truly fulfilling happiness. I So many times I have wept tears of joy. Just yesterday. So grateful. Because people are finding the joy of God in themselves. Because I am unwilling to be quiet. I can't be quiet. It's too exciting to me. I have to shout it from the rooftops. There's nothing more exciting. And then they're going to do that. And they're going to, you know, and more and more. Uh, There's that saying, each one teach one. But, oh, it's so much more than one. So much more than one. Yes, powerful, powerful, powerful. Ah, this is the only environment in which you can be happy. You don't have to be deprived. You can still have a beautiful home. You can still drink wine. You can still eat ice cream. You can still do all those things. You know, I hang out with a lot of Course in Miracles teachers. Some of them eat ice cream. Some of them eat cake. Some of them drink wine. Some of them drink beer. They're enjoying romantic partnerships and sexual relationships. And you can still have the enjoyment of life. But you'll have it so much more abundantly. That's the promise that Jesus gave us. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, if we can recognize that we are eternal, infinite beings... If you want to have some jelly beans now, or you want to have a Reese's peanut butter cup, oh, I love peanut butter cups. Have it. Enjoy it. Please. But the mind makes these things bad. So then we have the the guilty pleasure, right, of being a sinner, and then we feel bad. But there's nothing in the peanut butter cup there's nothing in the glass of wine there's nothing in any of this stuff that makes it sinful or bad but thinking makes it so right it's our belief we slather our beliefs over all these things 
And then we do them in order to make ourselves feel bad and wrong and sinful. And it reinforces our beliefs. These are the habits and patterns of the ego. But we can live in a state of grace. We can choose this state of grace. Now, here's what he is saying here in this paragraph three. That is the only environment in which you can be happy. The one where we are living in perfect peace. He says, it has, excuse me, he says, you cannot make it any more than you can make yourself. Now, you cannot make it. It's already been made. It's already been made. All we have to do is realize it, accept it, enjoy it, appreciate it, live it, and stop making an environment where we're the judges, we're the attackers, we're the complainers, we're not good enough. That's what we have to give up, everything that makes us unhappy. It's, it's crazy that it's not so complicated. Just give up this, and he says this in the course, just, just give up everything that doesn't make you happy and focus on the things that do make you happy. Ooh, that's so scary for some people. Isn't that crazy? That's how crazy the ego is. That the idea of giving up everything that doesn't make you happy is scary. And choosing everything that does make you happy. Because we think that uh, smoking crack is going to make us happy. Or we think that um, oh, being able to wear a size 6 dress is going to make us happy. Uh, being able to date someone who's a supermodel is going to make us happy. Oh, my goodness. If it were true, if it were true, this would be the craziest world of all. All right. So <laughs> Jesus says, you cannot make it any more than you can make yourself. It has been created for you as you were created for it. So we've been created for the state of grace, and it's been created for us. God watches over his children and denies them nothing. Yet, when they deny him, they do not know this, because they deny themselves everything. You who could give the love of God to everything you see and touch and remember are literally denying heaven to yourself. He says, I call upon you to remember that I have chosen you to teach the kingdom to the kingdom. There are no exceptions to this lesson because the lack of exception is the lesson. Every son who returns to the kingdom with this lesson in his heart has healed the sonship and given thanks to God. Everyone who learns this lesson has become the perfect teacher because he has learned it of the Holy Spirit spirit. Yes. Here's a beautiful quote from chapter one. I put it in my daily shot of spiritual espresso today. Error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is actually vulnerable. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. But the right choice is inevitable. If you remember this, Spirit is in a state of grace forever. Your reality is only spirit. Therefore, you are in a state of grace forever. 
That's chapter 1, section 3, paragraph 5. Oh, my goodness, it's almost time for me to go. And I would like to tell you about my depression demolition program. We start May 16th. It's a new program. It's nine weeks, and we are. Um, I'm taking things that I've learned from my years as a spiritual counselor, 20 years, and my years uh, sharing A Course of Miracle, 14 years or whatever, and um, what I've seen people heal uh, depression, chronic depression with. So it may not be for you, and uh, we are going to have uh, a, a powerful program. So check it out. All the details are at jenniferhadley.com. Also, please check out livingacourseofmiracles.com and all the resources that we have there, including the study group map. Let's pray. So grateful, so thankful for the love of God that shines in our heart and in our mind. We are grateful and thankful that our nature is peace. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be and say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Mwah.